0: Welcome to Beer, Beats, and Business, the business podcast for smart people who appreciate the insights found in a good conversation. That guy sitting at the end of the proverbial bar is your host, David J.P. Fisher, but everyone around here just calls him D. Fish. He's an author, speaker, and business coach. Basically, he's a professional talker. So grab a glass of your favorite beverage, grab a seat, and join us for today's episode. Let's see where the conversation takes us.
1: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to another conversation with an interesting person. Uh, today, the part of interesting conversational partner is being played by my friend Keith Kriegler. Keith is the founder and president of Savier, an interactive platform that guides small business owners on how to apply marketing to achieve their business goals. Savier combines his passion for marketing with helping people make their dreams a reality. He's also a speaker. He's an author and he enjoys making new connections, which is what we're all about here on B3. Keith, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, David. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely, so excited for this conversation. And, and in fact, we got a chance to do a dry run of this because we uh, did it once <laughs> before with some technical issues. And so we, we, we uh, I don't give everybody rehearsal, but I just knew our conversation would be so great that I was going to give us a rehearsal for this. <laughs> uh, but I would also like, of course, to, uh, Thank our sponsors, our beer sponsor for today, our brewery. Uh, We got a new sponsor for the next couple of episodes, Dovetail Brewing, uh, out of the north side of Chicago, the Ravenswood neighborhood. Uh, I love these guys. Uh, They've been making fantastic German-inspired style beer for uh, a couple of years now. I am drinking their Vienna style lager. I'm well uh, known for liking more of the, the British Isles style of beers, but Dovetail has absolutely converted me to a lot of the great German styles. So this, uh, this is a great lager, so check them out. Thank you for supporting us on this episode, everybody over there. And of course, our season sponsor, Northcutt North uh, Northcutt with two Ts, run by my good friend, Corey Northcutt, uh, also a past guest on B3. If you have any desire to make sure that your business is more findable online, go check them out. They are the absolute pros. They are wizards at making you be uh, found online. So thank you, Northcut as well. All right, now that we got the bills paid, let's uh, let's dive in here, Uh, Keith. So here's the question. It's a very simple question. I think you'll be able to answer it in just a couple of sentences. What exactly is marketing in your perspective?
2: And you say that's a simple question, David? Simple,
1: yeah, yeah. We'll we'll knock this out in three minutes and
2: and then I'll be off to the races. To keep it simple, it's one word that means different things to different people, Mm -hmm. and it means many different things. Right, right. The the net of it is um, marketing really is about building your brand. It's about positioning yourself in the marketplace, um, differentiating yourself, sharing with people, what makes you unique, special, and different? and And mostly, which is the biggest difference with marketing, it creates a reason to take action.
1: Okay, it, okay. it's
2: it's not passive. It is not a passive word. you 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 want to get a consumer to do something or take some initiative or action or activity. Um, and that's what I love about marketing.
1: I love what you said. There are well, two things. One, the idea that it is active. Right, but also that it is many different things to many different people. So I know that a lot of times when we talk about marketing in a business context, we're talking at odds, right? And we're talking past people because we all have different ideas of what it is. So in, in the work that you're doing and the work that you're doing every year and kind of what you're bringing to to small businesses, you know, how how do you define marketing for for that audience and how do you find marketing that they need to be
2: engaged in to be successful it's a great question so we've created to answer to answer the question indirectly but directly is we've broken marketing down into eight different uh core areas we created so so there
1: really is a lot of different parts of this there's so many different facets there
2: there is no cookie cutter approach um So going back to the compass, and if you look at the site, you'll see We've broken it down into eight primary um, touch points, if you will. Within each of those touch points are different components. So one is about uh, building your marketing plan. Another is about how to optimize your products. Another one is about how to reach your target audience. Another is about attracting and retaining customers, measuring results. So... The reason why we've done that is we really want to help small businesses and small business owners really have a clear path to growth. And and oftentimes they'll wow. say, I need more customers. But how do you acquire those customers? And then once you have the customers, how do you retain them? Right. How do you get them to continue to come back to you? I'm laughing because it's,
1: I think, especially for you know smaller business owners who are in growth mode the idea of marketing, unless they're in the marketing space, begin with what they really just think is, I need more customers, marketing is supposed to do it. So who do I, who do I give money to, to get more customers in? And and in many ways, that's like a very simplistic. And I think not only a simplistic view, but also where the problem comes in because there are so many more moving pieces that it isn't just a matter of going, I'm going to run ads in this one place and then everything will be hunky-dory and we're off to the
2: races, right? Exactly, and, and you you bring up a great point. So you say, who do I give my money to? Because marketing is an investment, and yep. having done this my whole career, anybody that says that just sells you a tactic, meaning a logo design, an e-commerce portal. They say, uh, here's a yes, you do need a a, a Facebook, you know, ad on Facebook, etc. Right. Uh, you need a presence on an Instagram they're not really doing their due diligence. In other words, it's understanding who your product serves, what the value is that your product offers the audience. How do you reach the audience? Where are they located? um, How do you target that messaging so it's appealing to your audience? All of those things need to be answered before you ever spend a dollar on actually activating something.
1: What I'm hearing you say is, you really have to make sure that there's there's the strategic consideration before you ever look at the individual tactics, right? That's something I talk a lot about too, just the idea of creating the context, which is also not something that we we like to hear when we're trying to solve an immediate problem, right? You know, we do want to just have it get fixed, but th- what I'm hearing, I think, is that if you try to do that, it, it's just not going to be successful.
2: Well, it does not need to be a lengthy process. What it needs to be is thoughtful and strategic. So you're able to get the result you want. Okay. So in other words, where, where you come in, it doesn't have to be like, sometimes people will think, oh, I need a strategic planning session and it's going to be three to six months to get it done. It does not need that to be, not. it could right. be done in, in a short period of time. The most important thing is to ask the pertinent questions up front.
1: Mm-hmm. Who's my
2: audience? Mm-hmm. Where, where are they? How do I reach them? you know, um, what would get them to pull the trigger to give me an opportunity to to test the waters for them to buy me, right? Whether it's a service, it's a consumer package, good, whatever the case might be. But the whole idea is to answer those questions and, and be very diligent about it. And then you could activate a plan um, to capitalize on opportunities because right. you've got all types of holidays. You've got Father's Day coming up, you've got back to school, you've got, you know, et cetera. Um, And you can create your own event to give people a reason to buy.
1: Absolutely. What I'm really hearing is that if you have the strategy, then you can uh, look at all of the opportunities and and really almost know which levers to pull, right? And and I love how you said that. It's like, it's it's really just about asking the questions. I I even think about this on a very uh, micro scale. If I'm working with uh, professionals or with an organization on, on their digital presence, very specifically LinkedIn profiles, there's actually three questions I have everybody answer before they even look at the profile, which are, you know, who's your audience, what's your goal, what's the the message you're trying to share? Because even just that then allows you to go into this very, you know, kind of finite space of the LinkedIn profile and know what to say, right? And know what you're trying to communicate. And what I'm hearing is the exact same thing. It's like, if you ask those questions up front, You'll know. Hey, should we do a podcast? Should we be in this magazine? Should we be on Facebook? Should we, you know, have a a pop up booth set up at the mall? Whatever it is, right?
2: No, you're. It's it's interesting. You mentioned LinkedIn because just this morning, um, you know, I look at different people that want to make connections, and I'm all about networking and supporting right, one another. Right. And so I had connected with this person, and. As soon as I had made the connection, the next thing I get is a pitch. Uh, Hey, for $99 a month. Yeah. And it's terrible. It's and I wrote her back and I said, How could you possibly pitch me when you don't even know my business? Right. You you don't even know my audience. Mm So um and, and people see through that. People are are much savvier, much smarter today than they ever have been because. Information is at their fingertips, right? You can Google anything. You could, you know, ask word of mouth. You can go to Yelp. You can get referrals. You can do all these different things to get information. And quite honestly, like the, the woman that, um, you know, immediately came back with $99 a month, cancel at any time, we'll fill your pipeline. I, I just, <laughs> it, it gives her a bad reputation. It, it, yeah, and yeah. I wrote her that. Um, I, I would not do that, nor do I recommend doing that. Um, it really gives that company a bad rap.
1: To your point, it's now if you can connect LinkedIn into a broader strategy, not using those automated connect and pitch ideas because I don't think those ever work, but LinkedIn outreach may or may not be a good use of your time and resources depending on what that strategy comes up with, right? Like kind of depending on who you're trying to talk to, what you're trying to get done.
2: So, So just... Continuing the conversation on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, I think I'll talk think, about LinkedIn all day long. <laughs> right. No, I know. I, and
2: and it's a powerful it's a powerful network. It's the number one mm-hmm. network so far as business professionals, hands down. However, in order to make it compelling, right, you want to understand who your audience is, so your message is crafted to that audience. So somebody would say, "Oh, you know what? David does offer something that I'd be interested in learning more about." And Just have a conversation with me about it. Don't pitch me. Don't sell me. You know, just say, hey, Keith, I'd love to learn more about Xavier. I think we have something to offer. You got 10 or 15 minutes where we could just jump on a call. Right. And that I would be receptive to because the the thing I'm going to do, if the message is written correctly, I'll go to your profile and I'll see who you are. And then I'll say, yeah, he looks like a good guy, a legit guy. You know, I could certainly learn something from him. Maybe he does have something valuable to offer. And Mm -hmm. and that's the conversion piece, right? Not a set pitch.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think one of the interesting things about marketing in general is just that idea of action. Because I think, and, and I don't think this is a universal distinction, but one thing that's always been important for me in my mind when I distinguish between advertising and marketing, right? They, they can definitely be connected and there's often an overlap, but like advertising in my mind is always just brand and awareness. And there's a role for that. Whereas marketing is trying to get somebody to do something. I think of, uh, and I think I'm getting this right. I think it was F. Scott Fitzgerald, you, you know, great American novelist, right? Who was an ad copywriter at Uh, times in his career because you know you got to pay the bills before your novels get published and he's quoted somewhere and again this i might be completely butchering this and it might be a completely different author but it was some big author who's like yeah writing novels is way easier than writing copy because novels you're just trying to get somebody to feel something copy you're trying to get somebody to do something right is it and is that distinction you know in my mind is that accurate is that like how do you get people focused on taking that action
2: you have to give them a reason to take the action okay so so an example i've used for many years is um mcdonald's Mm -hmm. so and the reason why right
0: (laughs) most people have
2: (laughs) most people have so the reason why i use mcdonald's is when you talk about advertising As an example, you could get a Big Mac, fries, and a Coke, you know, for three bucks any day of the week, you know, every day of the week, whenever you want. That's advertising, right? right? You've got the nice picture, you know, you're salivating, you want that Big Mac, et cetera. Yep. Marketing, however, is when they ran the Monopoly game. Okay. It's a limited time offer. You collect the pieces, you can win prizes, but it's limited. It's okay. for a set period of time. So if you want to play the Monopoly game, you have to come into McDonald's during this during the promotional period to participate. And it's the same thing with with any type of marketing. So advertising is, you know, again, brand awareness. We were just talking about it this morning. It's letting people know what your brand stands for, what makes it special, what makes it unique why it would be appealing to that target audience, right? Because again, Mm -hmm. think about all the different types of products you have. You have, whether you get into men's grooming products and it's, you know, smooth shave or it's, you know, lather or it's this, (laughs) or you get into into food products where it's no GMOs and it's, you know, for a specific diet, right? Mm -hmm. That all is great targeting. It's really understanding your audience and it's segmenting the product or segmenting your message to reach that audience that it's appropriate for.
1: So a question I would have then, so let's go back to the small business owners that Savvy is really working with. Something that I've often counseled in the past, and, and I'm curious what your thoughts on this are, is that for most small business owners, even though advertising is often what we think of, first we think of marketing and it can be like kind of sexy, it takes a lot of resources, Right time, money, you know, good creative to like have that advertising. I mean, you can say, you know, uh, double quarter pounder fries and a Coke because you've seen it, you know, so many times throughout your life and McDonald's spends quite literally millions and millions and millions of dollars. Whereas if you're like a a startup or a a new solopreneur, new new service provider, I've always been like, hey, look where you can do that kind of time limited, finite marketing that's like more of a scalpel than a shotgun is, is, does that make sense first of all and is, is that the right approach or am I telling people the exact absolutely wrong thing to
2: do no you're, you're telling them exactly the right thing to do and, and it's good it, good <laughs> a, a, and here's the thing and, and this always comes up in every conversation every company whether it's McDonald's or anybody else has a limited budget they, everybody has a fixed budget there, there's no such <laughs> thing as a blank check. It just doesn't exist. right? right. Some things yeah. are larger than others, but, but you bring up a really good point, point. Um, and that is from a small business standpoint, you're better to take a narrow focus, really penetrate a smaller market, start to gain some traction, mm-hmm. start to build up some testimonials, build up credibility, gain trial, not to be cliche but gra- grab some brand ambassadors, people that really love your right, product right. and talk about it. Um, that's what you want to do, and and the more you start to get that momentum going, the more it can start to accelerate. Oftentimes, and, and working with small business owners, they want to be everything to everybody. Right, <laughs> right. And in right. turn, without being clichéish, then you become nothing to nobody because you can't. You, you really want to focus um, where your niche is, and that's where you're going to have the most success. So, mm-hmm. so I guess long story short is. Think of ways that you could get some wins, some base hits, you know, to use a cliche. Yeah. Don't go for the home run. Don't go for a triple. Just get some some really nice base hits. Get some wins, get some learnings, improve your product, improve your go-to-market strategy, your messaging. That will allow you to start to gain that momentum and accelerate your growth much quicker than trying to go for, you know, a triple or a home run.
1: I love that analogy and it, it makes me think of. I feel, you know, over the last decade, 15 years or so, there's been a lot of bad examples for small businesses that came out of kind of the the tech startup world where you had like the unicorns where they went from zero to a million users overnight or, you know, and, and some of them then right back to zero the next night, but... For for a lot of businesses who aren't really in that space of trying to become a unicorn, they thought that's what they had to do. They had to be everywhere and spend the money. And I love what you just said. It's, hey, get get those base hits, get those small wins. I mean, if you're in this for the long haul, it's okay to grow organically, right? That, that kind of has a, a bad taste in many people's mouths, unfortunately, these days, because it's not super speedy and it's not a hack. But it tends to be, at least from my perspective, a lot more you know, long-term, you just last, right?
2: So if you think about it in terms of building a solid foundation for growth, you mentioned just a couple things in what you're saying, but, but like when you're building a home or you're building a building or you're building Mm -hmm. any kind of product, you need a solid foundation and that does not have an open happen overnight. The things that, that people, and it's become very sexy and very eye-catching is that, how TikTok has taken off but what people don't but what people don't say is like how snapchat has fallen off right. snapchat was where TikTok was two years ago right mm-hmm. um and if you look at these different acquisitions and and it's all over the papers right this company got acquired for x millions of dollars or this one you know is merging with this company now they're a conglomerate and everybody thinks that there's a pay- big payout And and it's it's very interesting. I was just talking with a, a very good friend of mine who's also an investment advisor. What they don't show you is how many deals did not go through, how many deals are being pitched, how many deals fell short. It's a lottery.
1: It's a lottery. It's, you know, somebody wins and a lot of people lose.
2: And the reason why the companies that do get acquired are because, to your point, and you're exactly right. These companies have taken the time and done the due diligence. They're not looking for a quick payout. They're looking to build longevity and sustainability. They, they, you know, from a savvier standpoint, you know, we've evolved our business model based upon what consumers want. You know, Mm -hmm. people are coming in a lot more through coaching than we realized. And so we really want to be able to deliver value to people through our coaching services and same thing with marketing services. So that's not how we originally thought that we would, you know, uh, be able to serve, you know, the small business owner. So the same thing with a food product, right? You got to give it to enough people to try and taste and see the packaging. And again, let the market kind of, and and it's difficult to do because you think you come in with a certain vision. And as long as you stay true to the vision as to what you want your product or service to deliver on, Right, be open to how that might be uh, modified based upon consumer feedback.
1: I love it, and I love that idea that marketing is kind of baked into the 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 business journey. Right, it's not we do the business, we develop a product or service, we go, you know, we sell it, we deliver it. Oh, and there's marketing on the side, right, which is driving leads. It's really kind of an integrated conversation, or at least when you're doing it right, it's an integrated conversation that you're having with your customers and with the market to continue to evolve and grow. Is that right?
2: A, a thousand percent. It, it abs- So here's, here's one thing that we've um, kind of hit upon, and it's really resonated with small business owners, is every business needs a business plan. Right. You everybody right. however sophisticated or simple Whether or not
1: they actually have one, that's totally different. But yes, right. They, right. Need it.
2: they should. And and like I said, however simple or sophisticated the plan might be. However, in a business plan, you always have a couple things. You have a forecast and projections, right? You mm-hmm. have sales. In yep. order to get those numbers, you need marketing. Yeah. You you can't just put your you you can't just put your product out on the street and expect people to buy it. You have to have marketing to support it. And what investors look for in retailers and, you know, other different um, types of people that may be participating in your company from an equity standpoint are what you go to market strategy. How are you going to hit these numbers? So what we like to say is we like to support uh, small business owners by fulfilling their needs with that marketing tab within Mm -hmm. their business plan.
1: Gotcha. No, I love that. That makes a ton of sense. Um, we could be talking marketing for like another hour or two. So I'm just going to do one of my patented uh, non-smooth segues here. So let's talk <laughs> about something much more important than marketing. Uh, and that's beer, of course.
2: <laughs> but One of my favorites.
1: <laughs> but actually, I, I mean, you must look at the the, you know, craft beer market. I know you're a craft beer fan like me. I, I'm sure you look at it from a marketing lens, sometimes right because there is so much on the market, and you see so many different breweries coming with different approaches. Some successful, some not. I, I, I believe you are a fan of one of our sponsors from last season. That was Pipeworks, right? Uh, who, in my opinion, have always they've always had kind of a fun approach to their brand and what they're doing. Uh, what what is your, what is your favorite Pipeworks uh, brew? Do you do you have a, do you have a favorite or I mean, I, I know my, I know my favorite not to drink, but to talk about because it's got the best name ever. But I'm, I'm curious what what yours might be.
2: So I, I believe there's two. One is called Ninja Ninja Pipeworks, if I'm not mistaken. No, no that's that's yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Ninja versus unicorn. Ninja versus unicorn. That's it. Ninja versus unicorn. With like the crazy artwork and stuff. Right. And so it goes to there. But then the other one, and I believe that this is theirs, is uh, called Space Cake. Yeah, I, uh, your space clown.
1: Well, no, I think it's, is is that the clown shoes one? I think clown shoes is the brewery. I I've heard of that one. I've yeah,
2: it's really delicious. It's really I'm gonna have,
1: I'll look it up for the show notes. We don't have, we don't have to know. So like what, so do you like kind of the, the hoppy stuff? Is that kind of where you go with like the IPAs?
2: I do. But what's interesting, you you mentioned, not to bring it back to marketing, because marketing and beer go great together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at the packaging of the beer companies now and the craft beers and how they really have leaned on their packaging to be cool, edgy. It has a a different message, you know, and people buy it because of that. A friend of mine collects different cans, you know, from all the different craft Beers and it's it's cool. It's it's very cool, and it goes to the audience that would buy that.
1: Well, and I think it gets to the point too, where and and we'll see where the craft beer market goes. But one thing that was interesting with the kind of explosion of craft beer, you know, over the last twenty years. I mean, growing up, and I, you know, I grew up in Milwaukee, as everybody knows. So Miller, Pabst, you know, even Budweiser. If you think about these brands they used to not have to compete for shelf space. So they didn't spend a lot of mo- money on their marketing or their packaging specifically. You know, they were using cans for, for years. And what's interesting now is I think about going to like one of our, our local uh, liquor store chains, you could say uh Binnie's, which is a uh, fantastic, I, I should get them to sponsor us cause they have all the good stuff, but you have two, maybe three aisles of beer. And, you know, if you're especially a small brewery, you're trying to compete against everybody else on that shelf and within certain parameters, it's kind of a commodity, right? I mean, if you're a good IPA, sure, you're a good IPA, but there's probably 10 other good IPAs on that shelf. And so to what you're saying there, I think you're right, that idea of having that strong brand. And I kind of notice this when I notice ones that are good and ones that are not so good, like one of the other ones that i think of in chicago is uh revolution uh just kind of i mean they're an old school one i i don't know if you're a, a fan of any of theirs like uh anti-hero anti-hero is yeah, one of my favorites yeah, yeah all my ipa loving friends love anti-hero and they've got other some other good ones but like all of their beer has kind of that even in the naming the packaging they've got the uh the fists for their their beer pulls. So if you go into a bar, you know right away if antihero is on tap. And it's so important, right? To like have that cohesive
2: brand. You bring up an excellent point. Everything you just said.
1: That's why you're a great guest, Keith. You can come on anytime you
2: <laughs> want. I'll keep endorsing you, David. You're, you're, Sounds you're, good. you're doing the right thing. Sounds good. Um, you're, you're right. And going back to the shelf, so so Revolution does a fantastic job. The Fist is a great example because you go into any beer or any bar, rather, or restaurant, and you see that Fist, and you know it's their product. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when you talk about on the shelf, it is so competitive, and a lot of times people don't realize from a, like a brewery standpoint, even a consumer packaged goods standpoint, you know, the placement on the shelf is critical. Whether you're eye level, you're on the bottom of the shelf, you're at the top of the shelf, that is very critical. The other part is how do you get somebody where you have so many different beers, and somebody says, "You and I go beer shopping," right? And we yep. look, and we're like, "We've never heard of this beer," and that's wow. why it's important to do sampling, or it's important to tie in and and offer something value-added. You know, like using Binney's as an example, where they have. Um, sell certain food right they sell gourmet food products you know where they do beer tastings it's important for those companies to participate in those programs because you try it you don't have to buy it yet but you try it and you're like oh my god this is delicious or it's not for me one thing to to add to that is restaurants have gotten really good in bars about giving out tastes because Mm -hmm. they want to see how they could constantly keep their rotation of beers fresh Right. So like if you go in and you say, and I just did it the other day, I never heard of this beer. And the woman's like, would you like a taste? And I'm like, sure. Like it, it's, they want to give you that taste because they want to see if con- their consumers would like that beer. Do they bring mm-hmm. it into the rotation or drop it from the rotation? Right. So right. all of those things are very, very important.
1: I, I Yeah. I think that as the, that that the space just gets and has already gotten crowded, you just, I like what you say, just like that sampling or just finding ways to kind of engage with your your customers. I think, for example, the breweries that have really done well over the last couple of years are the ones that had tasting rooms for two reasons. One, the economics are good, right? Because you know, every brewery that has a tasting room, they, they've got a, a great place to sell their beer and they get all the margin, right? <laughs> From both the retail side and the, the wholesaling side. Right. But it also becomes a really good way to introduce people to the beer you know yes I like sketchbook is well known as one of my my hangs for the last couple of years and I love them and they're they're great people and they make great beer but I think of some of the other breweries that I've gone to because I was in the neighborhood or even traveling and then I have a couple of their beers and I go oh these are good so now when I go into that store and right to your point I see it on the shelf I'm like oh I know this is good and I know it's you know <laughs> and I know I don't like You know these two beers they make, but this other beer they make is fantastic, and I will absolutely buy a six pack. Right,
2: right, good point.
1: But I think to 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 bring it full circle, it even goes back to where we started our conversation. Even whether you're a brewery, whether you're a new service provider, whatever it is, kind of doing that—that's strategic work, right? Asking those questions, not trying. You know, even if you're making new beer, like I'm not trying to sell it to everybody, right? Who is our audience? Who's really going to be the people that, that invest in, in, in us by buying our beer and who's not and being
2: okay with that. Right. Right. Know your audience. I mean, the biggest thing is yeah. it, it, just really know your audience and, and cater to them, serve them, deliver on their needs. And and who's not right for you, let go. Right. Because right. It, 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 seriously, if, if you try to please everybody, you'll please nobody. It's yeah. just too yeah. difficult.
1: I had a mentor that used to say, if you're trying to be everything to everybody, you're nothing to no one. So, you know, bad grammar aside, I think it's a good thing to uh, to keep in mind. Uh, I, I love this. And I think uh, the fact that we have come full circle means we're at a good place to kind of wrap things up. Uh, Keith, I always ask uh, my guests at the end of our show, what's one tip you'd give somebody to help them have a better day today?
2: Take five minutes in the morning. And just think about everything you're grateful for. Just five minutes. It it doesn't take a long time. Everybody has challenges. Everybody has a lot that they're dealing with. And um, every morning I just take like five, 10 minutes and I just grateful for something in my life, you know, and it's usually more than one thing, which I'm very, very fortunate with.
1: Love it, and I know that's actually come up from other guests because it is a great idea, and it's always great to remember the things we're grateful for. Uh, Keith, if people want to keep the conversation going, find out more about Xavier, Where should they find you online? I have a guess. I know what you're going to say, but I'll let you say it anyways. <laughs>
2: um, feel free to reach out to us at grow at savier s a v v y e u uh, r dot Feel free to put it to my attention. I, I'd love to connect with you. Any way we could be of help. Um, we have a variety of courses, um, coaching services and marketing services, and uh, any way we could help you grow your business. We'd love the opportunity to help you.
1: Fantastic. And we'll, of course, we'll make sure to put all of those links in the show notes. And of course, remember to, to support our sponsors, our season sponsor, Cut SEO, two Ts at the end of Cut. Again, if you're looking to really be found online, these, uh, these are some of the masters at SEO across all kinds of uh, industries. Northcut, N-O-R-T-H-C-U-T-T dot com. And uh, Dovetail, we're talking about craft brewing. I think you guys do a great job with your branding, with your, uh, your yellow cans and your fantastic beer. My Vienna style lager is uh, pretty much done. So uh, cheers to you. Thanks for uh, supporting us. And everybody, thank you for uh, spending a little bit of time with us I definitely know there's a lot of podcasts uh, competing for your attention, I guess we could say. If you did dig this, please uh, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcast app of choice and tell your friends. The best way for somebody to hear about a podcast is through a friend. So if you know another business owner, uh, somebody in marketing who would have appreciated a conversation like this, say, hey, go and check this out. Uh, check this conversation out between uh, Keith and D. I think you'll dig it. Uh, I would appreciate that. And until the next time,
0: bye. Thanks for stopping by. You can find show notes and links in this episode at business.com. We all know the best way to find out about a new podcast is through our friends. So please help us out and share what we're doing through social media or just tell someone. And if you could do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Stitcher, that would be great. Want to get in on the conversation? Send DeepFish a message on Twitter at DeepFishRockstar. And we'll save a spot for you at the bar for the next beer, beats, and business.